1979, Iran was a beautiful place. It was friends with the West and something drastically changed. Iran had seen better days before 1979 and now obviously it's just um, ruled by <laughs> not good people. What caused it? Power. Going through struggle is a source of empathy. Like it, it's, it's, it's really getting a good grasp of empathy. And if you have absolute power, then you may not have gone through those struggles. Why does absolute power corrupt absolutely? And can, in today's woke society, can two men adamantly disagree on a podcast still get along so well, let's just start with where you're born mate where, where yeah. are you from are you born in where are you from yeah uh, i was i was born in iran originally actually oh, cool. so um tehran moved to new zealand when i was nine um uh, yeah that was a bit of a educational um um interruption i had a stutter which still comes up and goes sometimes oh, yeah. this is what i this is why i did what i did in the previous career century just to get over my stutter and yeah, mostly mostly spent a lot of time in New Zealand. Um, lived part time and full time in the U.S. for uh, a little under a decade. Uh, part of the family's from there, so yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, Tehran's beautiful. I I, I wanted to go. Mm. I made the mistake of going from Israel, <laughs> and they didn't approve my visa. I assume uh-huh. that's probably because I came from Israel. Israel doesn't give you stamps anymore. No, well, I mean. Uh, uh, Iran had seen better days before 1979, and now obviously it's just um, ruled by <laughs> not good people. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, like pre, um, you probably didn't expect to speak about Iran. You were there when you were nine, but yeah. like it was quite progressive. Like pre, was it 1979? Golden years. Golden years. Yeah. It, it was definitely golden years. Um, every uh, foundational societal metric you can think of. It was moving in a positive direction, whether it was um, minorities getting the right to vote, women voting, um, women having uh, um, um, being judges, ministers. I'm not sure if they were judges, but they're different ministers. Hmm. So the educational minister was a woman. Um, and um, yeah, it was progressive in the best uh, in the bestest of ways. Obviously, it had some problems. Um, that's a conversation of its own. Uh, but the reason it fell, the country I like to call it, uh, I like to see as uh, the best way it could be put is that it fell in 1979. Mm-hmm. It got reorganized into a tyrannical religious dictatorship. Um, uh, the reason it, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, Not nah, go into yeah. this, bro. Like, I, I'm interested. Fucking, yeah. I'm so just everything's <laughs> working. Yeah, so it fell. Um, uh, where was I? I had. Um, it fell in 1979, tyrannical, religious-led yeah. uh, women were ministers, but and maybe not judges. Yeah, I was and listening. I, and after that point, I mean, uh, the uh, slow decay of the country put aside is that they essentially killed or imprisoned everyone who was adding value to the, to the country, whether culturally, whether it was an engineer or a military um general i mean though <laughs> when the war happened after 90, in 1980 there were literally no competent military leaders to um led the fifth biggest uh, fifth some would call fifth strongest army in the world so it was just left in chaos and wow know, what less, made you guys leave when you were nine 
Um, besides not wanting to uh, live, live under the reign of the Islamic <laughs> Republic. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah. Well, like, but they weren't coming for you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you no. weren't like political exiles, you just didn't want to be there anymore. No, I mean, it, you know, it, it, there's an old saying goes like, look at a per, uh, look at a person and look at their friends. Um, look at who, who the country's friends were before 1979. We had good relations with the West, with Israel, with America, and look at who, look at who our friends were worse instead mm. um not the friendliest or uh, uh most democratic powers in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah jesus wow you like there, there was um no well apparently i i feel like i should talk about it on the podcast because there, there seems to be and it might be a little tinfoil hat mm. that there is a plan to america has a plan to go to war with iran um as iranians we think it's the least costly way for the country to um, get rid of the Islamic Republic. However, you know, when it's, I, I don't think, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it, that is a serious plan anywhere in, uh, in the White House or Pentagon, just because how hmm. um, the other wars haven't well haven't worked out in the past 20 years. So, you know, to go to war, you need a mobilization of 200,000 troops and you have to sell it. Um, it would be hard selling this to, to the American public after... Uh, you know, uh, the experience of the past 20 years. Well, they laugh it up. Like, so it's interesting. So, mm. like, if you look at, you know, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, you're like, fuck, mm. this has got anything to do with my... Look at Afghanistan, Iraq, like, mm. oh, weapons of mass destruction, they went in there. No one gives a fuck now. Like, they just slaughtered all these civilians. They didn't. No, it was the... I mean, I, I hold a different opinion on this. I mean, uh, uh, Okay, good. Uh, uh, Firstly, Saddam Hussein used weapons of mass destruction on the Kurds. If that's not a reason for war, I don't know what is. Okay, valid. Right. Um, uh, put aside the you know f- three to five hundred thousand unmasked grave they discovered uh, when they liberated Iraq. Um, you know, so there were, um, and then after that, uh, I think it was in S- Syria that um, Assad sort of uh, released all the. Um, radical uh, uh, islamists um to essentially fuel uh, pump them into iraq so they're not uh, uh, so america doesn't become a threat for uh for syria so you know the insurgencies was a um was a consequence of that invasion but i don't think it was something that america uh, um i'll 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 word this very very carefully um it was a lot of internal and regional strifes that just came to a boiling point and um were uh, uh, um uh, the lid was essentially open once when america went out yeah yeah interesting because um like I hear stories from Robert Kennedy talking about his father and his uncle, and like, like say the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm. They they were brought in. They're gonna put in these insurgents. They were gonna cause a bit of chaos and overthrow, you know, Cuba. And mm. and they basically pivoted in such a way that it pushed him to make a decision. And you think about like how much money is being invested by. Um, lobbyists from these major you know private military industrial complex yeah. to the pol- politicians and you look at places like U- ukraine as well like mm. they're not pursuing peace they're pursuing this the expenditure of weapons yeah i mean there's absolutely a lot of forces in uh, in 
a lot of lobbying forces in any um, in any democratic country. And Eisenhower, who was you know the general of NATO uh, in, in in the 1950s, who when he became president actually considered a uh, a um, demotion, not a promotion, warned America about the military industrial complex. Uh, but at the end of the day, you still have to sell it to the public or yeah, the yeah. voters. So there's a lot of force. There's, there are lobbyists. There are there are. I think who was it? it was Sam Harris that says you know in the halls of power there are uh, 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 there are sadists and there are saints and everything in between, and all the and, and similar influences behind them as well, in a sense. But the political tools are there uh, to make sure that. It, you have to try really, really hard to sell bad ideas to the public, and so, most of the time they don't buy them that way. <laughs> Interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now nah, I feel like I, I, I actually, yeah, we're just gonna be disagreeing a whole podcast. It's gonna be fun. I'm enjoying it. I don't, I don't mind being wrong. Yeah. That's okay. Because you, you're you, right. I'm right. Let's be, <laughs> let's be right together. It's a, it's a Donald Trump um, conference. We're all successful businessmen. Wow, yeah. This is. It's been so productive. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Oh, everyone's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's, have you seen this like a Clifford Trump where it's like um, it lists all the things he's good at? Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the most effective communicator. It's literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> he talks into existence. He's an interesting cat. Yeah. I'd love to interview him. Mate. I want to like because it's hard to see who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Who is he as a man apart from the gimmicks and you know just, promotional part? Just an insecure little man who hates to read and uh, and <laughs> gets bored really, really easily, but wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, that's an interesting summary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I was just... Um, like, I where, where I was disagreeing is I actually think swaying the public isn't that hard. Cause, sometimes it is. Sometimes, huh? sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Yeah, it depends. Like, I think if you... It, there's a good example. Um, Carl Jung, he's one of the pioneers of psychology, mm. let's say, and he predicted World War Two because of the loss of the individuality of the indi- uh, of people in society. So they were part of groups. They lost their own feelings and couldn't express it because the group identity was assigned to them. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a lack of resources from the Treaty of Versailles. So they felt one they didn't have enough resources two they had a lot of pain and then they were projecting onto someone else always oh, making movements he's gonna disagree no, but no, i'm listening <laughs> yeah 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 so i think um i think if you can tap into the primal desire to blame someone for our own inadequacies you know the political playbook of blaming you know immigrants mm. or blaming this or blaming that or weapons of mass destruction in iraq or putin is evil yeah. and then you can mobilize people into action because they don't actually have to address their own pain yeah politics of fear and division and opportunism is dangerous and um it's 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 very very uh uh, it's 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 just a poison for society when really really smart people uh, become opportunist it really what happens in iran uh and uh 1979, where um, despite the the, um, the improvements in society, um, there wasn't much political freedom for years. So when the um, so the one um, monarch at the time opened the valves up um, a little bit, really smart um, 
uh, opportunistic opposition leaders came up and said, well, the country's on fire, we're dying, our, our, our wealth is being sold, da 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 and everything else is history. Sort of the first box um, of the Islamic Revolution. They led the first box. And yeah, you're right. I mean, that's uh, it, it, politicians in America do that as well. You know, they become opportunists and uh, they craft words very carefully and convincingly. And they end up selling sometimes really, really bad ideas as well. Um, and when you have a weak political opposition, um, they re uh, uh, um, those forces really start to be effective, unfortunately. Mm. So what happened in Iran? You know, things were going really, really well, but because uh, we didn't have a good opposition, we, we didn't have an organized opposition, the worst elements of the opposition party, uh, um, of the opposition took uh, took leadership and the rest mm. is history. Same in America or a, a bunch of the ideas you just spoke about. Um, when you don't have a good... Uh, um, an effective democratic party then worse elements of the republicans end up um, being mm. effective or when you don't have an effective republican party the worst elements of the democratic parties end up being unfortunately um, mm. effective <laughs> what do you think that was a digress i don't know if no I no no it's good i'm yeah. enjoying this it's got <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with marketing well, yeah. he does marketing by the way people just as well yeah, <laughs> yeah <other> I <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just, this is more interesting. No one gives a fuck. Like, everyone sort of gets what you do, but they just yeah. need to trust you. You know yeah. what I mean? So, interesting thing about power then. So, do you think absolute power corrupts absolutely? So, it sounds as though having an opposing force mm. is what keeps people in check as opposed to the actual person keeping themselves in check? I do think um, going through struggle is a source of empathy like it's 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 really getting a good grasp of empathy and if you have absolute power then you may not have gone through those struggles therefore you're not going to you know empathy empathy is is um can be experienced and um um, intellectually but if you got absolute power you've probably never been through struggle to understand um Hmm. to walk a mile in the other shoes, in a sense. So, yeah, so you may end up m- making decisions that are harsh or not kind or um, not fully in touch with what, you know, your everyday person goes through. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I see that with CEOs, like the further they get away from the plight of the yeah. fir- foot soldier yeah. and then the, 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 the greater priority they add to their stresses because mm. of the lack of feeling they have towards that person. Mm. It's interesting that... um. Yeah, I never thought of it from an empathy point. I thought of it kind of like, almost like a kid that has no boundaries. Like they never, they just, they're allowed to keep going and they don't get caught and yeah. they get reinforced as opposed to they are empathetic, which is yeah. an interesting take, which makes sense. Because you have a smart people around you essentially looking out for you and, and, and when you make mistakes, you don't, really, you don't really even realize those mistakes because they're, they're easily course corrected. People look out for you. And yeah, that is a source of corruption, I think. So uh, it's definitely one of the most um, tested theories in human history. That's more or less we've all agreed society that, yeah, let's not give someone (laughs) too too much much power. power. As as slow as uh, democracy is, (laughs) Mm. is, it's the worst system, but better than every other system that we had, Winston Churchill said (laughs) himself. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with that, uh, seeing how history played out, has played out. (laughs) 
Wow. That's uh, random. You're randomly knowledgeable on this. Like, we just fucking went in on it. We uh, didn't know you were done. Well, the reason I touch point on empathy is that every time I've been very harsh or judgmental on someone and I've ex- uh, about something and I've experienced a similar thing myself, most of the time I was thinking, um, can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. So I'm like... <laughs> just got to own it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and then when I experienced it myself, I'm like, man, I was a fucking asshole. This is stuff is difficult and hard. Why was I... Mm. thinking the way I was and being so judgmental and thinking the guy should just get over it. This is just not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's like... So it's most, most, uh, most of it's from me being an asshole in the past where <laughs> being super judgmental. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, a victim of that too. Like, uh, I... Um, so I get really upset like when people play victim because yeah. I play victim my whole life. Yeah. Like, oh, poor me and blame others. And then that. I'll also be like, I'd be able to craft a beautiful story about why I didn't do it yeah. as opposed to being confronted with the reality that it was me. Mm. So on empathy, so there's different routes. I want to, I do want to go on the stuttering route yeah. as well, just because people will get value out of it. And then, yeah, definitely. Cause it affects 1% of the population. It gets mm. lonely. You think you can never get out of it, but there is a light out. There is a way out. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Let's go back to, so yeah. you're, you're stuttering at school. You move over here, probably don't speak the language that well. No. And you're stuttering. So mm. you might be an outcast or maybe you made friends pretty easily. You're not sure. No, no, I actually didn't really have any friends until um, I was like 12. So I moved here when I was nine. And yeah, I couldn't really socialize until I was 12. And even then it was mm. difficult. So um, culture was a really hard thing for me to get. And um, yeah, I had a stutter since I was a kid. You know, I struggled over the, um, over the phone. You, uh, uh, We uh, first spoke over a phone when we didn't know each other. <laughs> um, that would have, for me, been uh, uh, equivalent to... I don't want to... <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm being a bit dramatic here. Yeah, but, but be uh, dramatic. Uh, uh, but, uh, but equivalent to being the first soldier on uh, on the uh, on the on Normandy's beach on D-Day. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. That's that's how terrifying <laughs> oh, it was for me. Uh, up until I was, I suppose, 28. Um, so I'm uh-huh. 33 now. So yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, when you live with a problem well into your late 20s you think it's going to be with you for the rest of your life but there's a way out and, it, and you can't get better i'm not i don't have any scientific uh, <laughs> reason uh, just uh, reasoning for this it's just a feeling and personal experience and complete anecdote so take it as how you want um all you want for sinners uh, yeah fair enough well what, what do like what was the experience as you went through? So people would give you this advice or why are you stuttering, bro? Like, just get over it. Or, or like, what, what, what is the experience of like a stutter as a kid that fucking, and you had no mates for three years. That's fucking. Yeah. I think what, uh, for, um, um, psychologists say, um, effective socialization, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. It's very, very important in your, in, in your early childhood and, okay. and early t- and, and teenagehood, etc. So that, so, so there was a gap there, but I got really, really fortunate because the people I met, the people who became my friends were very, very understanding in spite of all my quirks and awkwardities and weird <laughs> weirdness on a, and all that stuff. So yeah, they were just so understanding of it. So that was uh, what, what, really i think saved me and made me have a happy teenagehood hmm. when you know i could have not i think what was your first friend you don't say their name but like do you remember the first time you like pulled it off yeah oh and i was uh this is an interesting <laughs> story so i was um uh i don't mind i don't think he minds me saying his friend uh, his name um william man shout out william shout out um amplify electric uh <laughs> 
So yeah, we were 12 and uh, I was hanging out in school. I didn't have many people to hang out with and um, I knew his girlfriend really, really well. Oh, that's she... a bad start. No. Oh no, we were just friends. Like, <laughs> she, she was just, I was 12, we were 11 or 12, but she, yeah, hand you know what, uh, yeah, you know one of those girls at school that are just really nice to everyone and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. just friends, you know, just, she, and even to the, even to the awkward kid, she, she, she's wow. there. So I knew her and then uh, they went out, they dated, they, they, were, they were going steady at, steady at that time. Um, so I think I just saw them and I said, hi. And I said, yeah, all my friends are at detention, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> so we started hanging out and, uh, yeah, we became friends since. And well was actually sort of like the glue that sort of got the group together through, um, huh. uh, through intermediate. And then we went off to different high schools, uh, but we all st- stuck together and hung out every weekend, um, through high hmm. school, even though me- I had different high schools from my friends. Uh, but we were just hanging out every weekend and yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Did you have to like learn shit? Like you come here, everything's completely different and then you're, you're learning a language and you're stuttering. Like, was there like, you had to learn how to socialize? What was your biggest like limiting belief that you had? Oh, people like, like me or you know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, there's all those insecurities. <laughs> yeah. Am I weird? Am I, you know, I can't, uh, uh, I can't string two words together just because I don't know the language well, and 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 when I do, I stutter at it. So it's like every single, <laughs> uh, 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 every single opposition you can think of to get effective communication <laughs> out, and we need to communicate as human beings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. Like some, uh, Jordan Peterson uh, um, used an analogy. I don't know what to, what it was in regard to, but he said, you know, it's like uh, giving a monkey a a a, a uh, what is it a uh, uh, what are those? Um, some, a banana? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, uh, what? Some basic tool and, and oh, asking yeah, yeah. him to fix a military helicopter. <laughs> I, I think like, you know, uh, yeah, um, having your school interrupted and uh, and learning a new language when you're nine <laughs> and and ten and being expected to, expected to keep up with school and find friends and all that stuff. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a little bit like that. It's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm a monkey and I'm giving a bit primitive tool. I'm supposed to fix a military helicopter, you know, catch up with them. <laughs> um, wow. Catch up with school, learn language, make friends and do academically well and, you know, do well in sports. It's, 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 it's a bit of a tall order. Jesus. Uh, did, did you have that like, like a bit of a, like immigration pressure of, Hey, you got to be good at school, but that you're not good at school. No, my family were so my my family were like super understanding. Like oh, you, yeah. there is that there's bit of that cliche of you know you're either a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer yeah, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. But you know it's it's it's, it's all tongue in cheek. They're very okay. very understanding. Um, uh, no, none of that was uh, okay. So it's just the no friends felt like a bit of a weirder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you worked it out precisely. Yeah, you found other ways. But you debug it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you debug you, it. You debug life. <laughs> So so then then you're like oh yeah fuck commercial law that's where I'll go um, communication as a job huh yeah I mean that's I, I, I mean to be honest like uh, I wasn't um, one my um, my one sort of, um, saving grace was that uh, Iran schooling is very very difficult so oh, okay. we were probably three years ahead of um, my grade in, um, in New Zealand at least random so some of that discipline and hard work pulled. Uh, uh, help me in a bit but eventually I got lazy here through school too didn't go to school much <laughs> didn't attend class uh, so really really damaged my literacy and mm. numeracy I think 
Hmm. Um, uh, even though it's more advanced when I came here in terms of you know your maths and stuff, but um, at some point you fit you, in. <laughs> at, at some point, it'll catch up to you, and then you're gonna have to work for it, which I uh, which I didn't. But yeah, by the time I was 16, I said, okay, look, I, I kind of stutter. I'm not too comfortable with my um, with my math or um, literacy. So you know, uh, doing a degree in law and finance probably helps out both those areas out, and that was very strategic because. Like med school, it's not like the movies. You don't just wake up one morning and decide to go to med school. It's a mostly a very planned out um, mm. career path, uh, encouraged by your parents from an early age. There is a genuine personal ambition there as well. You, you know, you don't. You, it, it's you got to be like a super smart person, incredibly smart too. Not focus in school and then, and then. Um, <laughs> go to med school and make it work. It <laughs> yeah, just doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah, sure. But but law and... Um, she can and, wing it. <laughs> it's open book, isn't it? Law is, you know, it's, it's, it's malleable in a sense. Yeah. Uh, finance is too, is bit, uh, in a bit. So I, so I picked up those two degrees. I took school a bit more seriously in the past few years. Hmm. Um, managed to scrape into uh, university. Um, struggled somewhat in, um, and you need that better in some papers worse than others but yeah uh, got it through got through <laughs> and then you're then you're doing it as a job and you're like this is soulless or what like when did you <laughs> or you loved it and you're like oh i'll just start a business yeah i i always wanted to be in um um well it's, it's, it's like a um what is it? it's the adolescent definition of an entrepreneur you just you just know you just like you just like having a company, but you don't, you don't know how it's formed or oh, yeah. um, what you got to do with it or where is the economics in it. When mm. you get a bit more, more mature, like okay, I have to add value. You know, if I take a dollar, I have to make sure the client gets significantly more money uh, uh, than the money they're paying me. In mm. a sense, that's how uh, you stay in business. Uh, but yeah, but um, I said uh, to me. Uh, I, I can honestly say I was always like, okay, I'm going to practice this for a few years just to make sure I've done it. No one's going to attack me with uh, <laughs> later on saying, hey, if you went to uni, you could have done such and such and such. Look, I've done, I, 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 I went to uni, I got my degree, I did a few years of work, now I can go and follow my own heart. Mm. Um, uh, when I started practicing, that somewhat got diluted in a bit. Um, but after about, uh, you know, I suppose two years of clerkships and two, three years of actual practice, etc. cetera. Uh, for various reasons, um, I got back on the original path. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Do so, we, quite, so, so I ditched law and I um, um, started my own company. Yeah. yeah. New one too. Yeah. Year and a half? Uh, we launched in... We started working in July 2021 and launched in November 2021. Wow. Yeah, that's when we had our first client. Oh, that's when it <laughs> launched. So, so you're out there hustling for months. Oh, no, July. And then no, no, August is quick. No, no, yeah, no, no, well, we could have had actually clients as soon as August, but I just purposefully said no. Um, wow. Uh, just because I didn't know. Uh, I, I didn't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, uh, I, yeah, well, I think. Kind of. Yeah, we were, to be honest, <laughs> uh, better than I think we were, to be honest. Okay, good. Yeah, good. far, far better. But I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I want to be aware. Uh, it, it's the unknown unknowns that always haunt me. So uh, the known unknowns are a bit more manageable and controllable. As, as, as long as you're aware of that, then you can at least run the um, 
the right advice and they can say look we don't have the expertise for this yeah yeah, yeah. Enough, or yeah. go to this company and go to this uh, marketing firm or you're not even at this uh, you know even long enough in the process to really think about marketing right now fair what, it's what? easy to, it's easy to, to think about the pretty stuff in the room yeah that yeah. is yeah I, i've been known to follow the pretty things i do that all the time <laughs> yeah i think that's the thing it's like you have these entrepreneurial people that you know can face the risk and adapt creatively and they think outside the box but getting them to stick at one thing because mm. like alex mosey always says one avatar one product um one channel yeah and don't change it until you get to a million yeah i mean it, 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 i can't disagree i can't it, i can't really disagree with that um mm. he's right i mean it just takes so much t- work and time and experience and expertise um to add value yeah um that matches with one product or one service you it, it's it's gonna be a fool's endeavor to, to try to think you can do this you know five six times um even yeah. Elon Musk himself, he uh, started with a one company, used it as a pedestal. Obviously, sold it for a large sum of money. Mm. Um, but then, by the time he got to um, Tesla and SpaceX, and they had their own, you know, dark ages as well in terms of financials and um, being financially viable. Um, but you know, by the time he got there, he had a whole bunch of he 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 had the connections, experience, and and the money to just hire very, very smart people to be mm. known of the unknowns. <laughs> mm. yeah. So they don't just jump into a car company and a, a, a rocket company. Well, it's great. Yeah, his yeah. whole journey is fascinating. I, I'm learning that more and more, like the ability to relinquish control to allow someone to be the talent that you need them to be. Mm. I mean, that's because you, you think about it, like you leave your your job so that you, because you don't want to, you don't want to tell you what the fuck to do and then yeah. you get the opportunity to do whatever the fuck you want yeah. and you get rewarded for doing that but then you have to give it all away in order to reach the next step you need to give the opportunity for the next person to actually grow and make up their own ideas and you support them yeah i mean it's it's yeah pretty i mean it sounds well an abstract uh <laughs> reality is it, fucking it, trusting people bro uh re- reality is um you know if, especially when a company is in its infancy uh, you start trusting too much, things just go um, wrong. Okay, interesting. And, yeah, or they can go wrong, and especially when you're in infancy, it is far harder to recover from mistakes than when you're when you reach maturity. Mm. Um, my what's the worst mistake or biggest challenge you've had to face since you started? Uh, worse. I ran out of money four times, no, <laughs> and then no, had we, to get we, money on Friday. Thankfully, no, we've been. Uh, We've been quite cautious on that. Okay. Worst mistake. Probably just agreeing to work with clients that I shouldn't have agreed to. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you mitigate that now? Hmm? How have you learned not to do that now? Well, you just price that in your... Uh, well, you... Tr- you price them out. Make it expensive enough that they no, won't even reach out or... I try not to do that. Uh, no, I, I don't you think... You probably I'm- will, though. Give it five years. No, I mean, if, to be honest, like if someone wants to help, you sit down and you talk with them for an hour, you want to help them out in a sense. And I always think back to the experience I had with my physiotherapist. You know, a few years ago, I was so injured, I could barely walk in a day. Oh, right. Um, RSI, repetitive uh, back was from sitting down uh, too much. I couldn't sit down for more than an hour, which affected my law career quite a bit as well because yeah. it's hard. You know, you're, you're starting at 9 o'clock and by 10, uh, 10 a.m., 
your back is just uh, is incredible is an incredibly amount your incredible amount of pain from your back, and then you're supposed to last at least another eight hour uh, you know till five thirty. And low, you know, to be honest, it's not it doesn't finish at five thirty. You probably need to work a little bit more on that as well. Um, and that affected me quite a bit. But then I I went to my physio, and she's just like the smartest uh, person I've met. Just <laughs> uh, honestly, if I'm if I'm half as uh, uh, um, good as her in life, I'll consider myself more successful than I could ever have been. Wow, plug yeah, it, surely. She, she's she can so, play. <laughs> uh, she's, um, so she, yeah, she just saved my, she gave me the gift of health and uh, she was patient, she was understanding, I didn't always do my homework, she was really, really good. So <laughs> sometimes when I sit down with clients, I want to give back what my physio and what people who've helped me in my life mm. have done for me when they've had less reason to do so, you know? Uh, it can't all just be chasing the green. Uh, we're all here to fix a problem um just gotta do that as much as we can and make sure we can still earn a good living from it and be happy when we do it it's important that um if you agree to jobs if you under charge for a job you're not going to do well in it even if you think you are going to if you're going to do well in it. because at the end of the day you're just there grinding away and like fuck i'm just doing this for five dollars an hour really basically hours i'm trying to put in and that's just demotivating Mm. So that's 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 I suppose uh, I'm not too sure if I'm giving advice. <laughs> so that's my two cents. There is um, just make sure that the uh, this uh, um what you're charging for is gonna make you happy when you're sitting down there at eight p.m. nine p.m. grinding away doing research and trying to get the campaign or whatever it is to fruition or whatever it is you engage with to um uh to fruition. Well, I think it's a, it's a, like it's a balance. When you first start, you don't have that much belief in yourself, and if you have too much mm. belief in yourself, you might be in That's denial arrogance. and you might fail. Yeah. yeah. So you you have this low self worth, let's say, and then you got to charge a higher price, mm. and it's a bit of an art. But the reality is, if you charge a higher price, you can do more for your client and provide better service. They're more emotionally invested because they're mm. putting more down, and you're dealing with people that aren't scraping together dollars and cents so they're a lot easier to deal with mm. as a rule of thumb but i also agree that you should give without expectation and you should just you know if someone reaches out try and help them and value and you might not think that benefits you but it will benefit you emotionally it would also benefit you through word of mouth through mm. them sharing it they might not be the person but they'll talk to someone yeah so what are, what are your thoughts on um on like karma or giving back or what, what? How do you view the world? Uh, karma's bullshit. You think karma's bullshit? <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't mean to offend anyone or if you guys believe it, but um, it's hard to look at history and think karma actually exists. Oh, because <laughs> it's dark or what? Because huh? it's dark. Well, um, a lot of evil. Karma, ca- if, uh, from my understanding, karma. Ca- I mean, each mm. good and evil. I don't think it's a. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a materialistic person, and I'm not a. Uh, uh, um, you're not spiritual. Not you're not spiritual. one of the universe. You're no. not white, white, white ochre on your forehead to channel the the fourth dimension. No, when, when <laughs> people talk about positive energy, I get lo- they just lose me. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I try to be understanding, but still, like I'm like, well, there's so many cool stuff that we haven't got answers for. Uh, why create new imaginary problems that are no evidence, or at least it seems imagine, uh, um, imaginative. 
but yeah, I think my understanding of karma is came about when we lived when we lived in small tribes. So if you did bad or if you're a dickhead, or if you did deeds or that, that just wasn't in the best interest of the people around you, mm. that thing uh, that act um, came back to you quickly because people knew each other. So then you would have ended up at some point needing to rely on someone that knew what you did to someone else that you uh, uh, could have done more for and you didn't or um, etc but now that we live in a huge society people can be charlatans and frauds mm. and just go through different um, I think Jordan Peterson goes um, hierarchies um, and sometimes never ever get caught <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know that's true yeah uh, because you live in you know cities of hundreds of thousands millions of people etc um, obviously there's a repercussion for that person because they have to go through um, uh, they have a high turnover of relationships that can't be easy <laughs> yeah uh, but you know it's just it's, it's hard for them to experience their own karma and sometimes you get just really really smart people doing really really bad things that can word stuff quite convincingly you know mm-hmm. I mean I can think of a few politicians and few leaders <laughs> that plug them no. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no you know they're just they're, charlatans they're, huh? full of shit these charlatans, you know, they're just sitting there. They're just looking at the tweet. They're saying stuff that's just inflammatory and opportunistic. I don't think they're gonna. Well, you just you see everything in rainbows and sunshine. Right? I can sense it. You uh-huh. just, just walk around skipping. I can feel it. Yeah, I mean, it's like come. <laughs> I see these guys. They went to Harvard. They had great jobs. They're in a position of power now. When they leave it, they're gonna probably end up with partnerships or being in other positions of influence. I don't think they're going to ever have bad run-ins with karma, to be honest. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, now we have different views, eh? Yeah, like, I so, could be wrong. I hope I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, me I too. Hope, <laughs> I, I, no, I hope you're right. I mean, you know, nah, if someone does a bad shit, I hope they... There's know, consequences. They, uh, and they get what they deserve, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I agree that from a material standpoint, you can pr- be a cunt mm. and get away with it. Yeah. And, you know, you have turnover people and you keep going and... It's, and you just be convincing enough, charge enough. You keep it, you keep going. The thing where I think it's sort of, I sort of see life as it has a natural order. Like mm. I'm not religious in any way. Atheist as no. fuck. And I'm uh, atheist as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. <laughs> I used to be. I, I was brought up in a Muslim society, but yeah. we're an agnostic atheist, and you know. Now you committed as agnostic. Christopher Hitchens. I'm like, yeah, this makes all lot of sense. <laughs> Christopher Hitchens, yeah. bro, he's a beast. What I would uh, what I wouldn't give to see him opine on what's happening. And today, oh I'm, yeah, no, it's two cents on the wokeness today. Yeah. Um, I see. I see. It might not be a direct consequence in society, but I feel like there's a cost to their humanity. There's a cost to them. So, like, if, if like, there's periods of time where I've I've lied, you know, like lots of times. Yeah. Now I'm more brutally honest, but lie maybe one percent of times. Yeah. But then I became very apt at lying to myself because of me lying to others, mm. and then I couldn't have genuine and meaningful connections. I would have a low view of myself because I never yeah. addressed the things that are wrong. So I think there is some level of consequence from the outside. It might not be apparent, but if you do harm. It seems to have some sort of impact, either mentally, socially, or materialistically. Yeah, I mean, if that's how you define karma, sure. Oh, you agree? Yeah, oh, yeah. watch out! But I don't think that's how. It, First time I, in our I, podcast. I, 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 
But I, 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 if that's how you define, but I don't think classically that's how karma is defined. Okay, now fair. Yeah. Go on, help me. I might not know the word actually. Uh, I, I've never looked up the definition. It's, either, but you're but telling me that's not what it is. But I've just never heard. Uh, look, I, I, I've just never heard of um, a um, consequence of karma being uh, the mental impact your oh, yeah. bad oh, behavior, your bad deeds uh, has on you. It's always been well. Uh, people treat you the same as you treat others mm. um which is that's true to a point yeah but you know if you're doing uh, wrong by someone and then, and then some stranger comes back later uh, oh, not uh, does something equally as wrong for you that's deserving that has no connection with that first person you're wrong to which is more or less what people understand okay karma's, see that's a bit fruity but yeah karma's being uh, that's the one i'm kind of you're against quarrel with a little i'm not against it just now fuck him i crawl with a little bit yeah <laughs> you're gonna go out there protest like those oil yeah, I, people I, i've been wrong glue so, your thing to the I, I, i've been wrong so much in the past and now i all all, all i can say is that you know I've, I, I can't say there's very little stuff i can say definitely yes or no to yeah um, yeah because i could always be wrong uh, the stuff that i'm hold that i believe are to be true i could think of i uh, could realize to be wrong tomorrow and vice versa yeah you know? i mean I, even being able to admit that you're wrong i'm just it's 10 51 mm. so we've done 40 minutes, 40 so minutes. Got just flies. it does fly when you yeah. have it having disagreements yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's a beautiful thing being able to willingly admit that you could be wrong mm. like the amount of amount of problems in my life that have been solved just by me not dying on a hill you know what i mean like yeah. someone's like like that's i have this that's a good analogy okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't die on a hill yeah just make sure you die on the right hill <laughs> yeah the one where that isn't flooding now yeah. I, I just think like let's say if you go into an argument with someone and you're willing to be wrong yeah. it's fucking sweet it's chill and then also when they say hey you fucked up like they come at you with all this energy like oh i can't believe you did that ryan and you're like yeah you're right i shouldn't have done that yeah when you remove your identity out of your ideas yeah man well, i agree with that yeah and that's oh cool. yeah. two, two for two yeah i agree with me like <laughs> like I've, I've, I've um um i used to have vicious political arguments with people at the end of the day you know like no one's better for it uh mm. um so you know it's good they're cool conversations to have they help your relationships but when they become vitriol and <laughs> they affect your relationships no one's making any money from it mm. uh, it's not solving any either of your problems any more than it did before the conversation yeah true uh, yeah so it's, it's fun uh, though eh? Do, is it part of you a little broken in the sense that you like to see the chaos and the interaction a little bit like stir the pot just to see what their brain does i used to do that i do that i used to do that <laughs> lately i try to listen to far more than uh um uh, you, yeah. you got humbled by this business thing i think i, I mean it's not even <laughs> I'm, I'm like well like it, 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 if I'm somewhat comfortable in some opinions I hold, it's because I learn at some point. And if I don't listen, I'll stop learning. Therefore, I'll be less, less and more comfortable in new opinions that I would probably hold in the future. So, um, yeah, it's uh, look. I mean, disagreements are cool. I love debates, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you can probably see. Yeah, yeah, I can sense. Yeah, but you know, I got I, I've had a few of those ones where they really got quite vitriol and um, mm. uh, emotional and uh, just vicious. And <laughs> no one was better for it wow did you start like doing that spit thing where you're like you know standing in front of them and like you're just so angry and just like it's just coming out and you're seeing red or was it them to you 
They were, they were definitely red to me. <laughs> I think I probably kept, uh, uh, relatively, I've always kept a bit more calm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, it, you know, it, it has affected the relationship later, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- they get fired up. Like, just, just even... I don't know, like, disagreeing with someone, it's such, such a fascinating thing. That um, Jaco Willink, I don't know if you know him. Yeah, he's, big Navy SEAL guy. Yeah, legend. Yeah. 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 He, he says the longest way around is the shortest way home. Yeah. And I, I find that an argument. I've never won an argument. Mm. Like, technically, I've bent them to my will, <laughs> and then they've lost, like, I've lost something, in a sense, because of the way they view you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because there's no set rules to it, in it right? That's, yeah, you can just you, fuck with it. Make, it's not hard. Like you make the rules as you go, so it's hard to win a game. That's that. Yeah, some shaky grounds. Yeah. Well, even like I think there's there's power in listening. So I find, especially even now, like I find it hard to land with people sometimes, and I need mm. to consciously try and listen. Yeah. Like I will interrupt you sometimes, or I'll be thinking of what's going to come next, yeah. or I, but I won't experience it as it is. Yeah. And I find that in an argument, often that's what's happening, is you're both talking at each other. Mm. Though winning the argument and also resolving the argument yeah. will come from actually understanding them and them actually landing. Yeah. What, what do you think it helps you win arguments? What, what's your recipe? Can you win an argument? Should you argue? Is there a point? Well, it depends what it's for. I mean, if you're a lawyer and you're in a court, your job is to win arguments, mm. of course. Uh, but, but if you're on a marketing agency like myself, then... At the end of the day, you put your best advice to the client to the best of your abilities, and they make the choice for it. You're not trying to conv- you're not trying to win an argument with them. So it depends on the content. And if you're with a friend or with a family member, well, you know the whole point of communication is to build a better, stronger relationship. Um, and if you're with a stranger, well, you know, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Well, I, I think they're gonna be friends. To my, I mean, people kind of know when they're gonna be friends or when they're not. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and um, within the first, I don't know, uh, uh, within the first period of contact, whether it's ten minutes, twenty minutes, etc. Mm. If you're not gonna be friends, who gives a shit about you know, <laughs> what they think or what you think, etc. You're gonna go off in your own way, love your own life, etc. But if you care, well. If you're going to be friends, um, you probably agree more than you disagree on. Therefore, you're probably not going to argue too much on it. It depends. Depends. I mean, it depends if you're being paid for it, to be honest. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Do you argue less if you're paid more? Hmm? Do you argue less if you're paid more? Do I have a price? Absolutely, I have a price. <laughs> like, I'd say, uh, do I argue less if I pay? Like, if you... If you like, or lawyers get paid to argue, and, they, yeah. and if they argue effectively, they get paid more. Do I... I don't understand the question. Do I? Well, in the sense, like, will let's say you have a really, really big client. Yeah. Do you toe the line more, or do you does does your character and your substance override? You know the material gain. Well, I try to just uh, uh, just um, simplify it down. This is my best advice, no matter who you were. Oh yeah. You're a grown up person. Make your choice. You know, mm. with marketing, there's uh, it, uh, it takes as much budget budget as he throws at it, and there's enough marketing jargon for you to convince anyone of anything. Yeah, to be honest, like mm. you know, it's brand awareness, it's <laughs> impressions, it's clicks, all that stuff. Sometimes mm. it works, sometimes it's important, sometimes it's not, etc. But you know, you say, okay, this is where you are. This is what we're trying to. This is what we think um, the barometers of success. This this is this is what we think success are. Do you agree with this? Okay, yes. This is how we think we should get there. Do you agree with this? Yes. Cool. 
No. Okay, um, how do you want to do it? X, Y, and Z. Okay, with X, Y, and Z, we can either agree to achieve these goals or not. If not, these are the goals that we can achieve with X, Y, and Z. Do, um, do you want it or not? Okay, or no? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something you said um, off air as well. Um, the, the responsibility lies in the individual that made the choice, as long as you clearly define the choice. Yeah. Because I find that hard. It's like, I feel like if I'm not the one delivering the outcome, you know, making sure that it happens, yeah. then it's a fail. And in actual fact, as long as I deliver on what I said I would, yeah. then it lies in their responsibility. I think my business partner said it well. I said, look, at the end of the day, Farboy, we're not um, shrinks for anyone's business. Okay. We, don't think we are. If, if you go in that territory, then you end up taking way too much responsibility and mm. delving, to, uh, delving into the territory you just spoke of, which start to take ownership for stuff that's not really your territory uh not really your jurisdiction to <laughs> to uh to think about mm. you know i think that's what you were referring to right yeah yeah, yeah. well um we've done a whole last podcast now oh okay <laughs> time passed quick we have a good time <laughs> yeah uh, we're time. it was fun well thanks for coming on well, and, thanks um, for having me and we're done yeah